Welcome to What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. I'm your host, Jill Bennett. This is the channel that shares ideas to help you live your best life. Because life can be beautiful if you live consciously. Welcome to this week's edition of What's a Beautiful Life Anyway. I'm your host, Jill Bennett, and I'm absolutely delighted to say this is episode number 20. Can you believe that every week for 20 weeks, I've managed to upload um, a new podcast edition for you? And today we have a very special guest. We have Natalie Swanson. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Jill. How are you? Yeah, great. Thank you. Now, we're going to warn you all, we do have a few technical issues this morning. I'm back in Mallorca trying to sort myself out. So I'm not recording in my office, which means that the um, uh, quality of the audio may not be quite as good as it normally is. And also we've got a few Wi-Fi problems or I've got a few Wi-Fi problems. So we'll see how it goes, but um, hopefully you'll all get the gist of what we're talking about and you'll be able to take something from it. Now, Natalie is a cognitive hypnotherapist, so we're going to talk a lot about that today. But I think to start with, Natalie, tell us what you were doing before. What made you move into hypnotherapy? Well, I used to be in the financial and the banking industry. Um, I'm from Canada originally, and I, I worked in banks there. I have a degree in finance, a degree in math. I moved um, in the 90s to Prague in the Czech Republic just for a complete change of scenery, just for a bit of adventure, um, and found a job at an investment bank there. Moved to London, worked at an investment bank here. But really, along the way, I never particularly felt fulfilled by that work. And I found that whatever job I was at, I was the unofficial company counselor. Everybody was coming to me for um, for advice and and. Um, you know, for help. Um, at the same time, I was a bit of a, I call myself a course junkie. I would take all kinds of disparate courses, um, lots of them through the Open University. I did paleontology, I did astronomy, I, I did uh, did the North and the South Pole. Um, and I came across one for hypnotherapy, not through the OU, but uh, through Regents College. And um, I took that absolutely fascinated with it, absolutely fascinated with it, with the change that could make. Um, and so I just, quit quit my job I, I I changed careers from there and so I've been doing I've been doing cognitive hypnotherapy now for the last 17 years wow that's a huge change isn't it from banking to I mean it's similar to me I was audit with the foreign office so I used to audit the oh, British wow. embassies and high commissions all over the world and uh, yeah, yeah and I just moved into health and wellness Um, And I think a lot of us have our own journey, don't we? We find that something works for us or we love, in my case, it was loving products, um, which I'd never, ever thought that I would do anything like that. So fascinating fascinating that you've lived in so many different countries as well. Yes, yes, yes. No, and um, I probably even would have moved on from the UK, but then I got married and I have a son. And then you sort of think, well, I need to, I should probably stick in one place for a little, for a little yeah. while longer. And, 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 and here I am. So, yeah. And I, I mean, I love it here. I, I just, this, this is, this is home for me. I've been here for so long now. I've been here since 2000. So this is, this is home for me. Amazing. Amazing. So a wonderful mm-hmm. life. And I think so there's so many of us who, for whatever reason, we fall into, our lives, we get on, we do what we do. And 
Yeah. For me, I've always sort of been a half glass full type person. And don't you find if you are mm. that you do attract good things into your life? And hundred percent. Yeah. So we're happy. We attract good things. That makes us more happy. Mm. And it's a vicious circle. But we do see the opposite in people where, you know, they, they focus so much on what's not not going right. And I'm hoping that we'll, yeah. we will come on to this a bit more later on, um, because I know hypnotherapy can really, really help with that. But to start with, tell mm. us what is cognitive hypnotherapy? So cognitive hypnotherapy. Um, it's quite similar in some senses to, to perhaps other things that people would have heard about rapid uh, therapy or solution focused therapy. But the idea with cognitive hypnotherapy is we don't just stick to hypnosis. We don't just stick to the, the, the therapist saying a script to people. We use all of the best from all different um, modalities, all different types of therapies. We might use uh, EFT, some people know it as tapping, uh, emotional freedom technique, EMI, eye movement integration, NLP, your neuro-linguistic programming, pure post-hypnotic suggestion, psychotherapy. We take whatever is best because there's there's no one perfect therapy out there. Everything is 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 depends on you, the the yeah. the client, what's best for you. So it uses all of the, the latest um, discoveries in neuroscience. And we really, it's a bespoke session for you. Um, every session is different. Oftentimes people are talking to me uh, throughout the hypnosis. Usually they are in fact, um, because cognitive hypnotherapy, it holds that our subconscious is never doing anything to harm us. There is always a positive intention to what it's doing. It's just the message has gotten a little bit mixed up along along the way um you know often anxiety it's a protection mechanism that's coming or lack of confidence is a protect so our subconscious is trying to help us yeah but it's just doing it in the wrong way and through the different techniques we just allow that to release keep the positive intention you can keep protection but in a good healthy adult mature way and release all of the all of the negative side effects from it um as as an example, I had one guy, this is years ago, he came to see me. And um, he said, I don't understand why I'm not rich. I mean, that was actually his brief to me, which is, isn't the typical brief that I have. People, but that was his. And, um, but he said, I'm really smart. You, you know, I'm, I'm ambitious, but every t- he wanted to be a sports agent. And apparently, you have to do an exam to be a sports agent. And he kept failing it. Um, what we did in, in, in hypnotherapy and in the timeline therapy, we went back and we found out when he grew up, he grew up in a fairly rough area. He was quite clever, but he kept getting beaten up because he, he, was, he was clever. You know, you weren't getting any brownie points for being the smart kid where he mm. lived. So he just dampened down his, his intelligence to fit in, to, to protect himself. So that's an, and, but now when he was in his 30s, away from that rough area, married with a child, that was a behavior that wasn't useful anymore. It was useful at that time. It was very good and very useful and the protection was needed, but it's just as a carryover and not needed anymore. So we just made him aware of that, made him use for that. He passed his exam and he's, he's, he's really flourishing now. So, you know, I think of him often just almost simply because it was such a strange brief. I say strange. I've seen absolutely everything, but like, I don't understand why I'm not rich. (laughs) do you know I think it's worth pointing out because some people don't understand that your conscious mind your thinking brain is the weakest part of your brain your unconscious mind is the most 
It's like your own mini, well, massive computer chip. And a great analogy that someone once said to me was that if you imagine going into a massive hotel and there's carpet everywhere, if you look at the piece of carpet underneath your foot, that's like your conscious Mm -hmm. brain. But if you look at all of the carpet in the rest of that hotel, that's like your unconscious mind. And so much of our unconscious That's mind is really good. Yeah, it's been programmed before the age of six or seven, hasn't it? So if yep. you were brought up in a in a in a family home where perhaps there wasn't much love or there were arguments, or that like in my case, my parents were always having discussions about money. Um, mm-hmm. You can have these unconscious beliefs about money being bad because it causes arguments in the family or whatever. And those unconscious thoughts, as you've just explained with the guy who wanted to be a sports agent, can affect you. And you don't even know it's happening. That's the most frustrating part. That is the most frustrating part. It's called, it's also called what the thinker thinks the prover proves. Once you begin thinking something about yourself at a very young age, you begin to seek out the proof of it. Yeah. Um, you know, I have I have an example um that I have permission. It's it's a family member. Um, who who this had happened. So he's he's 17 now, um, tall, strapping uh, lad. Um, but when he was four, um, visiting his grandparents and his granddad was just a skinny little kid. Granddad was the, you know, the most lovely person in the world. Loved, loved him, loved all, you know, he was, he was, he was I, I know all of these people. But he was in his 80s, slightly different senses of humor. This uh, child was getting ready for the bath, took off his shirt. You could see his little ribs. And his granddad said, oh, look at the cute, fat little tummy. And for two years, why does grandpa think I'm fat? Why does grandpa think I'm fat? Am I fat? Am I fat? And of course, as adults, we're seeing that, first of all, he's being ironic. Um, The child is thin. He's saying he's fat. But we're taking into account what I just said. Somebody in their 80s, different generations, different senses of humor, doesn't mean anything bad by it. A child doesn't see any of that. They they don't understand irony. They don't understand that 80-year-olds speak differently. They see somebody I love telling them that and once you start thinking something about yourself you're seeking proof he was tall even as even as a four-year-old teachers would you know often say oh what a big boy you are grandpa thinks I'm fat teacher says I'm big you know his his mom you know at four at four children grow out of clothes very quickly oh you're getting too big for that let's get you something new do 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 and that's the kind of thing left unchecked might develop into an eating disorder a weight issue a confidence might develop into nothing another kid hearing the same thing doesn't affect them. We don't know yeah. why some people walk onto it. So, and that can be something that small. It doesn't have to be sustained abuse or bullying or anything. It no. can be something very no. And I always say, you know, parents do the best that they can do with the information they've got to hand. I think yes. it was, was it Einstein who was sent home from school with a letter for his mother? And his mother opened the letter and it basically said, your son is um, educationally subnormal. There's nothing we can do to help him. And Einstein mm. said, Mom, what, what's the letter say? Oh, she said, the school have said that you're so bright that you're too bright for that school. I'm going to teach you at home now. Look what happened to him. You wow. know, he was the most incredible person. And I think that's such a clever parent, wasn't it? Such a clever, oh, parent. Such a clever parent. That that That's just it. And that's exactly, it could have gone Completely the opposite yeah. way, couldn't it? Yeah. Or completely the opposite way, yeah. Completely the opposite way. Anyway, we're going slightly off on a tangent. So yeah. hypnotherapy, 
and and all of these other lovely therapies that you and I'm a bit of a therapy junction junkie and a course junkie like you so I know exactly where you're coming from but what sort of issues can it help oh it can help so many things I've had so many disparate things with with uh, hypnotherapy people often think of the standard uh smoking uh weight loss and phobias absolutely yes but confidence and self-esteem issues and anxiety are the are the top things that people tend to come to see me for anxiety stress but it can be from anything all sleep issues you know from insomnia to waking up early to you know uh, nightmares i've had people come to see me when they're trying to drown out their partners snoring next to them like sound issues or they've lived they live next to a busy a road and and you know the sound is going sexual issues uh habits uh, you know nail biting i have a lot of like there's hair pulling that any kind of habits like that um hypnobirthing that's the kind of thing just to, to help women feel more confident when uh when they have babies Sometimes some people come and they just say, what am I doing in my life? This I'm not living up to my potential. I'm just feeling flat. I'm not doing I'm not doing anything at all. And uh, so, you know, they come to see they come to see me about that. It can almost anything that you would think you would go to a therapist for. You can come to a hypnotherapist for. But then obviously a lot of my clients, it's they saying, well, the issue that I have, it's not a therapy issue, but it's a just a thing. I want you over drinking that I am seeing so many people for right now. So many people, I, I would say sort of 80% of my clients at the moment are, are for just drinking too much. Mm, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never heard um, of hypnotherapy helping that. That's really interesting because yeah, yeah. not being particularly a drink. I mean, I can understand if I'm out with a gang of girls and I, I normally decide to drive, to be honest, because I'd rather not get, yeah. and, and you can just get pushed into drinking. But if I'm not driving, yeah. I do find myself when I've had one or two that I can carry on. Whereas I'm not a drinker yeah. at all. Yeah. You know, I'd rather not drink if I have the choice. So it's interesting. I never thought about hypnotherapy helping that. That's really interesting. Yeah, no, absolutely. As opposed to... um things perhaps like confidence or anxiety where we go back to a negative memory often with drinking the memories we go back to the root cause is quite a positive uh, ca- uh root as it is with smoking a lot of times you know when we go back because we try to cut the emotional connection with it it's it's quite a pleasant thing but what people have done is they've fused the good times they're having with people um with the drink so it's the whole um you know causality causation thing just because they're because it happens to be there at the same time they've said well I must be having a good time because I'm drinking but no it's just drink happens to be there while you're having a good time and ages ago they made that connection and they don't think they think that drink is the gateway to fun um so we just break that connection so that some people want to just drink a couple you know stop after a couple and that's it and drink socially um, other people just want to stop entirely, but uh, most people want to stop, stop entirely because they just say there's just no good. There's just no good coming from this, no. and they, they feel that like they're all or nothing kind of. Yeah. yeah, and I think you're right. There is absolutely no goodness in drinking at all. If you can not drink, it's it's yeah. so much better for your health. So many um, serious illnesses are linked to drink, and yeah, much better if you can't. Yeah. 
And I've noticed the internet is a bit funny, but um, we'll persevere. And I hope anyone listening can, uh, if, if the, there are little breakups, I hope that they don't mind those. Um, okay, so, so try and explain to us a little bit about what happens during a session. So in the beginning of the session, we do a history take. So I just find out exactly where the person is and where they'd like to be. We don't do big family histories or anything like that. Just really where you are now, where you would like to be. It's solution focused. We're working towards that goal. Um, then I explain everything people need to know about um, hypnosis, just a, a lot of what we've just described here, but also what they're actually going to feel and expect. People experience trance in one of three ways. You either hear every single word I say, um, and they open their eyes at the end and say, well, was I hypnotized? It felt like I just had my eyes closed. Um, number two is the most common. You just feel a bit floaty, a bit daydreamy. And three is people fall asleep completely. And in each of the three cases, the people are hypnotized, even the ones who hear every single word, even those who fall asleep. Their conscious is just choosing to do something else, to stay with me entirely, give over or check out. Um, and it's all fine. All of the three cases are fine. I explain all of this to them. And then we go into the hypnosis and they're usually, depending on the technique, they're usually talking to me throughout. But I do have some sessions where it's just pure post-hypnotic suggestion. So purely me talking to them. Bring them out at the end. We have a chat about what they've um, experienced. They, you know, they tell me, you know, the, the connections they've made, the realizations they've made. Um, and then they go off. A lot of people feel um, almost jubilant after the session, but but really introspective as well. They're thinking about things. They might sleep really well that night. They might sleep really rubbish. They might have crazy dreams. Most people don't, but some people do just for one night while their subconscious is processing things. Most people go back to work right afterwards. It's fine to drive. It's fine to go back to work. That's that's not an issue at all. Fantastic. And then Fantastic. In, in, in subsequent sessions, they come back. We have a bit of a chat at the beginning about what they've experienced. We decide on the technique from there and the same thing. And for something like, say, giving up smoking or I remember I remember being hypnotized years ago to give up chocolate, <laughs> to stop eating chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Um, I is there a number of sessions or is it so dependent on the person? No, no. It, um, well, smoking is generally just a one-off two-hour session. Um, that's, that's really what our aim would be. And simple phobias, and by simple, I mean it has one trigger. So spiders or heights or sharks. I believe it or not, see a lot of people for that. Um, I would hope that would just be one one-hour session. Sometimes a couple of sessions, but really, you know, one session can do can really, really work well. Everything else. Yes, it's impossible to say exactly how many sessions anybody would need, but it's it's short term therapy. Three, four, five is sort of around the number that, that people come for. And most people notice some positive change after just the first session. Yeah. yeah. But but it's up to, it's up to them how many they want to come. Sometimes they come for a couple, they realize they've made enough change, and then they might come back a few months later for a bit of a top-up. Yeah. But it's short, it is short term. Okay. Well, that sounds great. And and um how do people generally feel after? Yeah, they they feel Usually they feel quite relaxed. I mean, they'll, they'll feel quite relaxed, quite, quite good. My idea really is that we don't want them going around thinking, um, oh, look at me. I'm not smoking. Look at me. I'm not smoking. Or look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling anxious. We just want them to get on with their lives. And that's yeah. what I infuse into the post-hypnotic suggestion that just you're just getting on with your life. And maybe afterwards, looking back, you'll notice that 
oh yeah, two days ago, when I normally would have been anxious, I wasn't. We just want you to live your life. So quite normal. Feel People yeah. feel quite normal. Yeah, yeah. And it's that, I mean, I know because I was a social smoker in my 20s. And it was when I decided to give up because I realized it was ridiculous to just, you know, when I was out in the evening, have a cigarette. It was that going into a pub and it was very much pubs in those days. And you'd put your drink on the table and and I'd find myself reaching for something. And it was just habit. Ah, The drink went down and I was reaching for the cigarettes. So it was just getting over that little thing for me that when I was out and I put a drink on the table, I didn't need anything else. I just didn't need to. (laughs) <laughs> think of exactly that yeah and that's the way smokers say it they, they they just end up saying well it's just strange I just don't it's just not in my mind anymore I'm just not thinking about it at all and that's yeah. and that's brilliant I really I really like working with smokers because it's you know the, the change is binary either they're smoking or they're not smoking yeah. at the end of it they, it doesn't require any assessment on their part as to do I feel more confident do I not you know yeah it's, it's, it's great no it's great that's great and now we We've got a little bit more time. So let's think about your sound baths. Now, I am a huge advocate of sound baths. And there was one here that I used to go to regularly, but it's finished. So I need to find an alternative one now. But I always find afterwards, my personal um, experience is I have the best night's sleep ever for a night or two. Um, exactly occasionally I fall asleep in the sound bath but not very often because I love to feel the whole vibration going through my body but so that people listening if they've never heard of a sound bath tell us what it is yes well I I do a crystal singing ball sound bath there's other ones that have gongs or chimes my particular one is is crystal singing ball and the idea is it's so it's a group session People lie down on yoga mats, kind of in the same sort of a venue that, that you might have a yoga studio. And I'm sitting down. I have I have um, seven of these beautiful crystal singing bowls. They're quite they're quite large. Um, I begin. Everybody kind of does it differently, but I begin by doing a, a guided meditation. So I just relax people. You know, take them to a really happy place and with all of the breathing and just relaxing you, so that everybody is almost in a trance by the time I start. And and then I start to, to play these balls. Now, it sounds very strange. It's not just like this. It's just not like that at all. When you And as, as you would know, when you start to play them, the sound is very, can be very loud. You feel the vibrations of the crystals. You feel it through your body, as, yeah. as you've said. And these balls are tuned to a particular frequency. It's 432 hertz. And that frequency it just goes right into our natural body's frequency of relaxation, of sleep, of healing. Um, and so, you know, they have done studies, they're doing more and more now, but it, it can really promote um, reduced blood pressure, reduce anxiety and stress, promote a good night's sleep and promote a sense of well-being and healing. I've had people come that said, coming to sound baths, you know, mine and others, it's the only thing that, that eases, soothes her chronic pain. You know, other people have come because it just helps them. Other people come because it's just a lovely experience. So I I became aware of them um, a few years back when a friend of mine had just posted something saying, oh, if anyone has trouble sleeping, check out things at 432 hertz. And I I don't have any sleeping issues, but like everyone, occasionally I, I have a bad night's sleep. And one night I was tossing and turning and I remembered this. 
So I found a YouTube video of somebody doing a sound bath with the crystal bowls. I was asleep in five minutes. It was, it was, and so from then on, I started doing research and thinking, what is this? What is this amazing thing? And I got into it from there. And it is amazing. So anyone who hasn't tried one, you need to go to one of Natalie's. And uh, if you're in the Surrey area, sort of Guildford, Leatherhead, anywhere around that area, yep. Kingston upon Thames, Upshot and Ashton, Upshot, yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah, it's it's well worth going to. And I, uh, to me, it's almost like having a bit of a clean out of my chakras, you know, because you can yes. feel the vibration going through your body. And um, I think it's lovely to do and a meditation bowl, first. Yeah, yeah, and each of the balls is. Che- tuned to a different chakra as well so so you know it has all of that too but yeah no I do a meditation first because I just want to get people just relaxed and and in a lovely state of mind yeah no it's perfect that's perfect um okay Natalie I think um you were going to offer a call for people if they wanted to see if they could work with you absolutely yeah if anybody just gives me a call um you know we can I can explain even more about it and and Please don't think that your issue is strange or too weird or not not um, accessible with hypnotherapy because I have I've 17 years I've been doing it. I've seen absolutely everything. There's nothing that surprises me. So just give a, give a call and I can just walk you through the process and you can decide from there. Brilliant. So I will post up um, all of your contact details and then people could contact you through social media or your website and arrange to book a call with you and have a chat and see whether you can help them. And as we say, there's not really much that Natalie can't help with. So if you've got some strange phobia or just some sort of anxiety about something, it's well worth having a chat to see if there's something that can help you. Absolutely. Natalie, thank you so much for having a chat with us today. Really thank lovely. Thank you so much, Jeff. Oh, that's great. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's show. Check out all the links to the resources mentioned in today's episode and all my freebies in the show notes. See you next time. 